Cats podcast. Ready? Let's go. Welcome to the Community Cats podcast. I'm your host, Stacey LeBaron. I've been involved helping homeless cats for over 20 years with the Merrimack River Feline Rescue Society. The goal of this podcast is to expose you to amazing people who are improving the lives of cats. I hope these interviews will help you learn how you can turn your passion for cats into action. Today, we're speaking with Elaine Spencer and Melanie Gardner. Elaine is a lifelong animal welfare advocate and in particular, a devoted cat enthusiast. For many years, her career and travel obligations did not allow much time for hands-on involvement other than volunteering for a local pet adoption group. However, in the last year and a half, things have been quite different. In the summer of 2018, she became a member of T-Town TNR, an all-volunteer nonprofit dedicated to resolving the feline overpopulation crisis in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Since then, she served on the board of directors and gotten involved in just about all aspects of the Trap Neuter Return operations. She is the lead support for the grant writing efforts and she partners with another team member, Melanie Gardner, to provide IT support. This past year has been a whirlwind of activities including grant writing, trapping, attending conferences, presenting classes on cat socialization, participating in fundraising events, and implementing software applications. In her free time, Elaine volunteers for a local rescue and adoption group and is often fostering any number of cats and kittens, much to the chagrin of her 12-year-old cat, Paley, who is also currently leading an effort to getting a ban on declined cats passed in the city of Tulsa ordinances. Melanie is vice president and a board member for T-Town TNR, whose mission is to resolve the feline overpopulation crisis in Tulsa, Oklahoma through spay and neuter of community cats, utilizing humane trap-neuter-return protocols. Since 2015, T-Town TNR has fixed 3,755 cats with a goal-breaking year of 1,377 cats in 2019, thanks to the tireless work of an all-volunteer team, generous donors, and dedicated clinics. Five years ago, Melanie was inspired by the work of tiny kittens in British Columbia, Canada, to find out whether TNR might be the best way for her to make the greatest personal contribution toward addressing cat overpopulation. The answer was, and remains today, a resounding yes. In addition to a full-time career as an IT analyst and systems engineer, Melanie dedicates her free time to all things cats, most often helping people who start out as complete strangers but evolve into friendships with TNR. It is her passion and quest to help cats and the people who help them. Melanie's involvement in TNR encompasses several areas, such as developing and administering the tools used by the public to request assistance, mapping TNR site data, educating and advocating for TNR, and perhaps most importantly, performing actual TNRs and staying abreast of the latest and greatest traps and tools being offered, or coming up with imaginative ones yourself. Very early on, she built a remote control trap trigger device off a YouTube video and tinkering like that continues to this day. Melanie is aware of the challenges her community faces in terms of animal welfare and the importance of the use of data, site, colony, surgeries, etc. in facing those challenges. T-Town TNR started collecting TNR data early on and as it grew, so did the means of collecting and maintaining that data. The use of Airtable has been pivotal in that effort because first and foremost to Melanie, if you want people to participate in contributing to the collection and maintenance of data, the tools used to support that effort must be easy to use, and Airtable fits that bill. Beyond that, and of personal importance to Melanie, a tool must integrate and play well with others, and Airtable does that as well. So Elaine, I'd like to welcome you to the show. Thank you. I'm excited to be here. And Melanie, welcome to the show also. Thank you as well, Stacy. 
So I'm thrilled to have a two-person show this week. It's very exciting. It's rare that I do this, but it's great to hear from both of you. And I want to thank both of you personally for all of the work that you've done. But first and foremost, I want to ask Elaine, what got you into really supporting Trap New to Return? Where did you get that passion for cats? Well, Stacy, I know you've heard this before, but growing up, our house was the one where all the homeless cats ended up. My mom would take in the strays, get them fixed, and give them a home, our home. So at a very young age, I learned about spay neuter, and I took it as part of owning a pet. Now, it got pretty crazy sometimes in our house with all the cats, but those cats were always my devoted friends and constant companions. And I knew someday I would be able to spend all my time to helping cats in need. And Melanie, where did you get your passion for cats? I think it partially comes from my growing up years as well. I grew up in a town that didn't even have a veterinary clinic. So animals tended to have kittens and dogs and it got out of control. As I got older and things changed along with history and I had the ability to form my own thoughts on spay and neuter, I was all about it. As far as TNR, I didn't know it at the time, but know now that I did my first TNR over 20 years ago. I had a friend who was a caregiver of eight feral cats at her house, and she asked me if I would help catch them and get them fixed. And I was like, well, sure, you know, I don't know what that will entail, but let's go for it. And the process wasn't pretty by any means, but we were determined and most important, we were successful. Several years after that, through social media, I learned about TNR and I felt that it would be for me, the best way to help address the root cause of cat overpopulation. So soon after that, I was fortunate to discover a small group that was forming, a group of individuals coming together here in Tulsa doing TNR, and I've been all in ever since. Oh, that's a great story. So there was one case that you came across and you tried something out and it worked and it just convinced you that this would be a successful process with regards to trap, new to return. Now, Melanie, I'm going to ask you because you're the IT specialist here, what makes it so important for collecting data? I'll be the first one to say that unfortunately back in 1992, 94, when MRFRS, the organization I ran, started out with 300 cats on the Newburyport waterfront, we ultimately were pretty terrible about paperwork and pretty terrible about data collection and that kind of thing. How has data collecting been beneficial to you, to your organization? And then, you know, feel free to lead us right into the conversation about Airtable. Okay. Well, first off, since I am an IT pro, one of my favorite areas is data. I love data, but I can also bore people quite quickly when I start talking about my career interests and what all it entails. But then when it comes to trap, neuter, return, it's actually pretty exciting. And I don't know if it's just me or what, but the data is so important. The data tells us where the colonies are. They tell us the information about the caregivers of those colonies. And one thing that I really love about it is it enables me to put that information on a map. And people are very visual. So looking at a map helps with doing all your logistics that TNR involves, which is huge. My thing about the data is that no matter where you are in starting out in TNR, no matter how far along you are, data and collecting it is important. Data can mean 
a cat getting returned from the shelter, if the shelter ends up with a cat that's ear tipped, they can come to us and we have the data to be able to assist getting that cat back to where it lives and potentially, you know, avoiding it being euthanized. Now, over the years, what we did, it was about, I'd say four years ago, the group of us that had come together at that time, we took our handwritten notes, we took what we remembered, the different people that had been doing trap, neuter, return on their own. We took that information and collectively we started putting it in Excel spreadsheets. We were a very small group at that time, so it was okay for just one or two of us to have our hands on the data where over the years we've grown and we need more people having more hands on that data. And what we had in place just wasn't working for us anymore. We were essentially running projects out of Facebook and social media. But as fortunate as we are, I mean, it's good to be able to say that we have grown from doing just over 300 cats in 2015 to now over 1,300 in 2019. And then Elaine comes up with the idea of switching over to Airtable, which brings us to where we are now. I will say before we switched over to Airtable, we had made a couple of transitions from doing everything manually. We started then taking requests from the public via our website and using Google Forms and Google Sheets behind the background. But we've grown our volunteer base and we've grown the number of public requests that we have coming in. So we knew we needed to come up with something better. And that's where Elaine brought Airtable to the table, shall we say. And so I think that covers it. So Elaine, can you explain specifically what Airtable is? It is a software. It's free for certain levels. It depends on how many records you have, but it's one of many that are out there that are free. So last year, we knew we needed to get more organization around our operations and collecting and managing our data. So what we did is we started out by having a team meeting a workshop to analyze our process flows, define pain points, data needs, and functional requirements. And you might not think there's much to trap, neuter, return, but if you want to run a successful nonprofit TNR organization that relies on outside funding, you need to streamline your operations and capturing data is essential. And I can say that from a grant standpoint, many of the larger and even the smaller funders are looking at your ability to provide statistics, defining the problems that you're facing, that you're asking money for, and then providing results. So if you look at it from their standpoint, they're investing in your, your organization and they want to know that you're going to be successful and expressing it with numbers is a very effective way. But when we did our workshop, we were able to come up with all of our data needs, but one feature stood out and that was being able to allow the people that are out in the field, namely our trappers, to update the data via their mobile phone. And also, since we do have a diverse group of all volunteers, we needed a simple user interface. So what we did next was to look at what tools are available. And, you know, I was, to be honest, pretty much overwhelmed. There's a lot that are free. And when they're free, you kind of have to ask yourself, what's the catch? You know, <laughs> so 
I wanted to have some sort of recommendation, I turned and asked many other similar organizations that are out there for TNR to see what they were using and hopefully tag on to what they'd done. But unfortunately, most everyone we reached out to were either tracking on paper or spreadsheets or old software. And certainly updates via cell phone were not being done. So by that time, I had a short list of application software just by researching on the internet. And as it turned out, we were scheduled to attend the Humane Society Animal Care Expo last year. I looked at the schedule and Susan Cosby with Petco Foundation was actually presenting a seminar on using software tools. So I reached out to her and I told her what we were looking at and asked for any suggestions. She gave us several different software that actually they use at Petco Foundation and Airtable was one of them. I took a look at Airtable and basically, if you're comfortable using a spreadsheet application like Excel or Google Sheets, then you will quickly pick up on using Airtable. Hi, everybody. Early bird tickets are for sale for the 2020 Online Kitten Conference, which will be held on June 12th through 14th, 2020. It will start on Friday night, and then it'll run all day through on Saturday and all day on Sunday. Speakers that the National Kitten Coalition have lined up are Chris Roy, Dr. Cynthia Delaney, Emily Carl, Dr. Aaron Doyle, Heather Svoboda, Michelle Lynch, Arden Moore, Kara Ludke, Dr. Karen Vernow, Dr. Linda Jacobson, Kirsten Jenke, Dr. Marty Greer, Mikkel Delgado, Monica Frenden, Nikki Harris, Simone Kellum, and Taylor Lefebvre are just a sampling of the folks that are going to be presenting during the weekend. So it's a huge lineup. It's a very exciting weekend we have. Go to www.onlinekittenconference.com. Get your tickets today at the early bird price of $50. This is a weekend not to be missed. If you can't be there, though, it's okay because there will be recordings available if you do buy your ticket early. You can get access to those recordings for about 60 days after we release the recordings. Don't miss out. Join us for the Online Kitten Conference. We'll have trivia, fun, lots of excitement. Onlinekittenconference.com. See you then. You already know that capturing and editing video of your animals is important to your social media strategy. Facebook, Instagram, and even PetFinder all allow you to embed videos to bring more attention to your life-saving work. But how can you easily get videos from your staff and volunteers into a place where you can use it? Check out RescueTube, where they've simplified the process of getting your videos and photos together in one place. Here's how it works. You simply generate a unique code, which your staff and volunteers enter into the free Dubert app, and the videos and photos they take are automatically uploaded to your dashboard. Imagine being able to capture recent videos and photos from all of your foster homes in one place to use on your social media and website. RescueTube is powered by Dubert, so you can keep all of your life-saving work from transports to fosters all in one place. Learn more at www.rescue.tube to simplify capturing video and photos of your animals. So tell me specifically what some of the components are that you track using Airtable and how far back did you go with your data and how has it been working out going forward? Well, what we started with was to pick a few key processes that were really consuming a lot of hours, one of them being our vet clinic scheduling. We at T-Town TNR are only about TNR. We don't have 
a dedicated vet clinic. We don't have adoption or foster operations. We just do trap, neuter, return. So for the vet clinic scheduling, when we're trying to do over 100 cats a month, it was really a drain on just a few, it was a couple people working on it, but they were telling me probably 14 hours a week, just in terms of emails, text, and phone calls to coordinate between the trappers and then the vet clinics setting up the appointments. So we zeroed in on setting up a scheduling application in Airtable, and the trappers can go in on their cell phone, look at what appointments are available, pick them, then confirm them once they have the cat in hand. So that's on that side. They don't need to communicate you know, with extra emails or texts. The vet clinic staff, we've created a, a view for them so that they can see what appointments have been taken. And it's all updated real time. So, you know, that's just been beautiful as far as streamlining that. And then another unexpected benefit was that the application brought more standardizations to the whole process. So no longer did we have to have just one person coordinating the appointments. We could easily document and train other people as backups or to share the load of taking care of any other kinds of questions there were about making the appointments. The other activity that we automated right off the bat was our equipment tracking. We have all of our traps and carriers and transfer cages and whatnot. We like to know where they are at any given point in time. And we had been trying to track that with just a paper system and hoping that everyone would go to the storage location and, and update when they check out a trap and then return it. But that just wasn't working. Now they do it all via cell phone and we can look and know at any one point in time where our equipment is. So that's just been a huge relief to our team. Because you have set up this architecture, can other groups utilize this or how would other groups that might not be as IT focused, you know, be able to use this if they might not have those kinds of technological skills. I don't know, Melanie, if you can address that question. From my perspective, we don't have something that we would, you know, just say here, sign on to this and use it. What we would do is recommend that they explore using Airtable. Because like Elaine said, anybody familiar with Excel can start using Airtable pretty much the same way they're using Excel, but it's a lot more handy and has better interfaces for them. But I'll let Elaine add to that. Well, even if you're not familiar with Excel, if you can describe your processes in terms of rows and columns, you know, the data that you want to track and capture, then you can use Airtable. It's very straightforward. They have great training modules. And we would be happy to help anyone set up any applications that they have. I described for our vet clinic scheduling and then also equipment tracking. But Melanie has also set up for managing our projects, which is each trapping project. And, you know, for that, we actually loaded all our historical data because that's just essential for managing the colonies long term. So what Elaine is referring to there is 
we get requests from the public. We call them requests for assistance. And those are made by anybody via our website. The website uses one of the nice things that Airtable comes packaged with automatically. It has, it provides forms. In addition to capturing the data to table, it provides a form view of that data. So basically anyone can go to our website and pull up a form and put in their information for their request, meaning their name, their contact number, information about the colony, such as the size, the health of the colony, if they think there's any pregnancies, we then are able to use this information to prioritize our projects. And also from that point, then individuals on our team are able to say, oh, that project is close to me and I, I like to do pro projects that are you know, close to me, so I'll take that one. And we're able to track it through completion. Also, I wanted to share at this point in time, also we are going to start microchipping all of our cats that we TNR. So this data becomes even more so critical. So what we're doing at this point is joining the information that comes in via a request with the data that Elaine has talked about the clinic scheduling, and we'll be able to identify every cat that goes through a clinic, what colony we'll be able to identify back to what colony it belongs to. So that data is going to be very helpful. So in that application, we're using an Airtable form and we're using the table that it writes to actually. And then we're, in addition, we're also, we've also provided a Airtable form for volunteers that would like to join our team to put a request in and that makes them communicate to us that they want to volunteer. In addition, they integrate with several other apps and I'm making use of some of them. Airtable notifies Slack whenever any updates are being made. So whenever a request comes in or a volunteer signs up, we get notified via a Slack notification. It also integrates with Gmail and Zapier. And there's a whole other long list of things that it integrates with as well. So I have a follow-up question though for Melanie. Is this application or is this used with the general public? Anybody who's out there trapping a cat that goes through your organization has to utilize the Airtable system in order to sort of be part of your program. And how has the response been in using the system? Since we only got started later last year, we're a pretty jailed volunteer organization. So it's a small base that's using it right now, but they took right to it. It was a very easy transition and very welcome. But it is people just in our organization at this time that are using it for the project tracking. General public doesn't even know they're using it, but anytime they put in a request for our assistance, they're using it. They feel like they're just submitting an online form, but yet yes, really going right into the system. Okay. Yes. And what it's done is we've become more public in the last year. And so more of the community know that we're there and they're all going to using it. We're not having to navigate people, you know, saying, wait a minute, we don't want to take this verbal request. You need to go over and use the form. They've just naturally taken to it, which is nice. So, Elaine, if folks are interested in finding out more about Airtable or your organization, how would they do that? 
I would be happy to answer any questions anyone has. I can be reached at ttowntnr.es at gmail.com. And then our organization also has a website at www.ttowntnr.com. And we also have a Facebook page. And Melanie, is there anything you'd like to share with our listeners today? I just want to reiterate how important it is for people to document the cats and their colonies because that information is going to be critical in so many ways. Be it you adopt out a cat that you have trapped and got it vetted or you've returned it. And Elaine, do you have any last thoughts that you'd like to share? Yeah, I have a couple. One is I didn't really intend this to be an advertising for Airtable. You know, we're not getting anything out of that from Airtable, but it just worked out so well for us. And I I was so excited about it. I wanted to share it with other organizations. There's certainly a lot of different applications out there that might suit another organization better, but it is critical that you do that initial workshop and define your processes and your pain points and your data requirements. The other point that I'd like to make is that I listened to your Community Cat podcast while running, and I started the very first one about 18 months ago. I've finally caught up. And I'm current, but I've always been humbled by the bios of your previous guests. And in fact, I was a bit hesitant to even submit to be on the show, given that I don't feel like my background has near as many accomplishments in the animal welfare area as some of your other guests. But on the other hand, that really speaks to the message that I would like to get across in this interview. Just about everyone starts off small somewhere, and the small steps can have big impacts or even open doors that you might not ever think imaginable. And the big deal is just to get started. So if you're just out there saving the life of one cat, just think of the difference that it means to that cat. It's all worthwhile. Wow. That's a great way to end the show. Elaine, thank you so much. And Melanie, I want to thank you both so much for being a guest on the show today. And I'm sure I'll have you back on the show in the future and you can report in how things have been going, say, you know, a year or so from now, it'd be always great to check back in and see how everything is working out, you know, for you as the whole system continues to grow. I know that information can grow exponentially and sometimes it's a great thing and hopefully the system will handle it. And it sounds like you've really thought through this process. You took the time to think things through, which is really wonderful. So thank you again for being on the show. And to the listeners out there, please share this show with others and feel free to reach out to our guests. They're offering their thoughts, their ideas. So feel free to reach out. They're great resources. Never feel like you're alone out there. So share away and you'll be able to meet new people. So we'll see you again next week. Thanks again, Elaine and Melanie. Thank Thank you, Stacey. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Community Cats podcast. I would really appreciate it if you would go to iTunes and leave a review of the show. It will help spread the word to help more community cats. 